Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. hip 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 powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. hip 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 powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey now, it's a Hey Now Howard podcast, the first and only podcast dedicated to the king of all media, Howard Stern, and all things related to the Stern Show. I'm Daniel Coyne. And my name is Tyler Quartet, and today we're going to be talking about what makes the Howard Stern Show so great. This is Beto. he's as bad as can he What to you makes the Stern <laughs> Show so great? Well, Tyler. <laughs> now, there's many different aspects. I guess that any show that's been on caught this this much fire with this many fans. Obviously, has to be doing something right. So, we're going to be dissecting what makes it great. I mean, I guess it's just a very unique show. There's no other show like the Stern Show. Or what do you think? Yeah, for sure. Uh there really isn't. And you can't find another show that's unique like the Howard Stern show and it's one of the first of its kind, you know, like they, everybody talks about how Howard is such an innovator uh in the industry, not only in radio but just in entertainment. Um uh, and it shows just with the evolution of his show, but even how it started, you know, 1979 uh back in Hartford, it's uh it's crazy that this show is still going now in 2019, starting in you know 1979. Obviously, it's taken on many different forms in that time, but still, like you, you can't really think of any other type of medium that has had a a show that lasts that long. Whether it's radio, TV, um, it, it's it's hard to find. Uh, you know, The Simpsons is the only thing one that comes to my mind, and that's you know what has that been 26, 27 years. Yeah, Simpsons, SNL, SNL. But that's not based off of you know one guy carrying the load that long, staying relevant, right? Having A-list actors on, A-list musicians, directors, producers. So he's still a big part of the entertainment industry, even if he's not as top of mind as maybe he was in the '90s or the late '80s. Right? Do you think people recognize that? On a on a general level, I mean, I know we do because we're so invested and so into the you know the show. But do, do people? Because I, I I wonder this all the time because I talk to people and I you know I'm saying I'm a big Howard Stern fan and they don't 
I don't know. I don't get the response. Like, you know, right. I, I would think that, you know, I, 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 I almost I feel like he doesn't get the respect he deserves in the community for some reason. Because I'm, you know, as an actor out here, and I talk to people about this a lot, uh, I know that there's a community out here that absolutely loves Howard, and they listen to the show, and they get it. They get the interviews. They get everything. But there's a lot that don't, and I feel like there's still like a weird stigma that comes with saying that you're a Howard Stern fan. Do you get that ever? Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe some of it is him being on Sirius, him being on a paid subscription. I think uh, in the 90s when we were kind of getting into him with the E! Channel and being on so many different syndicated networks, I think he reached a larger audience, but maybe... Maybe now it's more of a quality over quantity type deal where he, he mm-hmm. reaches less of an audience, but it's also paid subscribers. Some are just going to pay or they have the serious package in their car, but he definitely drove a lot of paid subscribers over. So maybe it's still has his dedicated fans, but I don't think he has that same kind of overall Q rating, whatever they call it, just his... But then again, when, when he'll have a major celebrity in and they'll talk about something like Lady Gaga talking about getting sexually assaulted for the first time. And right. I'll notice when I'll be looking or online, a lot of stories that came out of Howard will then all of a sudden be the, the breaking story of the day. Sure. You know, so he yeah, still, I, I think, is still breaks a lot of stuff and, and actors and people talk about things that they wouldn't on the show. So I think there still is a place for that. He may not be as mainstream as he was with private parts and the E show. And, but I think that was also kind of his goal at that time. He was trying to expand, you know, he was trying to conquer different radio markets and they'd have funerals for the, (laughs) for the top DJs of each market. Right. He was really set on kind of conquering the country, which he did. Mm hmm. And now he's kind of the elder statesman almost of like, now he wants more of the A-list actors, his long interviews, um, a little bit less of the slapstick. I mean, you'll still have the funny type humor, but I think now he's kind of trying to get those A-list interviews. And so, so I guess the long story short, I mean, he may not appeal to as large of an audience as he was, but I, th- I still think there's definitely a part for him within the entertainment industry. I, th- I still think he breaks stories and that stuff comes out of the show that you don't hear any other place. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I fully agree. And it, it, you touched on it, and it's just the evolution of the show where it turned into, uh, and you know he's talked about it many times, but it's that evolution when he went to Sirius that he, he had the vision that he wanted to do a different kind of show, and a lot of that had to do with the the celebrity interviews he became a master you know interviewer everybody kind of knows that now and even the people that are fringe Howard Stern listeners or know they know that his interviews are where you know where the bread and butter is in this show if you're not an everyday listener uh, and I tell anybody that anybody that is has any interest in any type of celebrity or musician uh, if you have an interest, listen to a Howard Stern interview and you'll find out something about that person that you never would find out in any other interview that they've ever done. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that it is that would, another thing that what makes the show so great is the interviews. The interviews itself. If it wasn't for anything else, I would listen to a show just of Howard's interviews. If that's all it was. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, and given that the show itself is is great, but just the interviews itself uh, have really 
just taken the show into another stratosphere as far as the success of it. And that's something that, you know, we talk about paid subscribers and, and, you know, where it was whenever it was on the E channel. I wish that everybody that was listening back then could listen to the show now and see how far it's come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in a different way. I mean, not to say that it's better or worse. It's just different. It's a different show. Um, I I like it better personally. Like I've listened since you know E and I and I I appreciate everything back then. But I just maybe just because of where I'm at in my life now, just being in my thirties, it's this is just something that I prefer to listen to now. Just with the split of a great interview plus just you know just the raunchy antics of the sh- of the show. Uh, apart from the interviews. It's kind of it relates to me a little bit more, so I like the show now, where it's where it's gotten, as opposed to where it was. Not to say that I didn't like it before, but what about you? What's you know, is that? Yeah, yeah, I think Howard's definitely the show's evolved throughout the years and a, a kind of a reoccurring theme. And he used to kind of get talk about it much more as how much people rip him off or how much he kind of even the whole concept of having the staff as much a part of the show now you kind of see that on the Dan Patrick show or you pick up subtle little things that he used to talk a lot more about how people ripped him off Uh, but I think you see that with podcasting now Uh, even though Howard hates podcasting and we're trying to make a podcast right now (laughs) he'll never hear this (laughs) yeah exactly no one will ever hear this (laughs) moms and our grandmas yeah (laughs) Um, but I think that podcasting has kind of at least given other people a little bit of a chance to have these long form interviews where you can actually really take a deeper dive than the, you know, uh, tonight show, four minute segment, commercial three minute segment, right? Hey, tell us a story about your wacky in-laws over Thanksgiving break. And you know, with a, with a laugh track behind it. So getting away from that super formulated, Style into the hour and a half long, uncensored, um, you know, go places, beginning of their career, where they are now, um, stories about when they were coming up in, in Hollywood that you'd never hear other places. And now you kind of see that more. I mean, there's, you know, there's uh, Adam Carolla and Joe Rogan. There's huge podcasts out there that have that long form style, but Howard is definitely the king of that. And I think even the Joe Rogans of the world, they're kind of still taking notes on that style, which is, again, another thing that kind of came out of being at Sirius. You can go an hour and a half without taking a commercial break. You know, he'd never be able to do that at K-Rock. Right. There'd be nine-minute segments and five minutes of commercials. So, And they all give him credit for that, too, you know, which is kind of cool. Right. You know what I mean? No, oh, I think Howard gets his due as far as... Um, the entertainment industry. Right. I think, you know, you'll be watching random shows and you'll hear references about the whack pack or, you <laughs> right. know, or there's tons of, or, you know, Ronnie getting roles in USA network shows. Oh my gosh. Or, that's the best. You know, Eric, the actor. So <laughs> big drunk, big foes and, uh, uh, Jersey Shore Massacre. Oh my God! Devil's Asby. Devil's Asby. <laughs> Do you remember that Duke thing? Where like he was, there, he was calling the producers every day, saying, "What?" Was they just played that on certain dollars. Oh, it's the best. Clip. <laughs> but I still think that uh, you know that's it's people that and and maybe 
not to like try to sound pompous, but there is, even though it's a bunch of guys, you know, telling dick jokes, there is an element of, there's a little bit of highbrow intellect behind the comedy, as weird as that is. No, I completely get it. And it's the the level of satire, the level of kind of knowing that it's all a joke. Um, I think that you'll see that with writer, the people that end up being Hollywood writers, producers, they get that sense of humor. Right. I think you'll see that. You'll see how it's influence bleed through on scripts or character names. For sure. Or random references that they'll then play on the show. Right. You hear a lot of comedy writers and, and things like they'll talk about how as dumb as what their writing is, whatever the topic is, if it's, you know, like you say, dick jokes or something like that, the amount of time and preparation that goes into telling that dick joke properly, right. you would think that they're solving, you know, a NASA space station. You know, There's an art form to Exactly. It. There's an art form to it, no matter what, how dumb or, you know, ridiculous the topic is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Howard Show is good at making things sound very official, even if it is a dick joke. And that can kind of be the humor in it, too. Very well produced. You know, even like the fan submissions, everything is A+. plus. Right. Yeah, if they're playing things on the air, it's greatly produced. And the amount of time and detail that they'll put into like a Robin Show Us Your Tits song. But, it's, <laughs> but it becomes this beautiful oh orchestra. Yeah, this whole, the Eli yeah. Braden songs, the, yeah, it's unreal. Um, and that, you touched on it just now, but it's, you know, how much of what they actually do is improv or written is always just fascinating to me. And I think that's another element that what makes the show so amazing is it's seamless. You can never really tell what's improv, what's written, what's a bit, uh, what even one-liners that Howard will throw out. How um, quick Fred is. How quick Fred is. All of it is just, and I think that's a testament to how long they've been together and how long they've been doing it. The chemistry. The chemistry. And... But it, yeah, it's it's kind of remarkable, like because you, you listen and you really and without analyzing it, you wouldn't think twice about it. Right. But if you sit and think, like, wow, like Howard just came up with like a hilarious one-liner that like I would never even like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're both Dan and I have both done comedy, and you know, just some of the things that come out of Fred or Howard's mouth, it's like, holy shit, how the fuck did they just think of that on the spot? And it's like, right. you, I and I find myself wondering, did. You know, is it Benji in the back writing, you know, a DM to to Howard? Is it Richard and Sal back there, like, feeding him a line? Or is it Howard himself? Is it all collaborative? Does it, you know, and I kind of drive myself nuts about that, trying to figure out what it, you know, how the the inner workings of the show is. But in a sense, it doesn't really matter because it's, that's part of what makes the show so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having... I think we're both in agreement that Fred is just kind of an absolute comic genius. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, again, that's kind of one of those things that when you just kind of passively listen to the show, yeah, you'll laugh at the things, but when you actually take a look at what they're putting together, it really is that very quick witted. And you'll even hear it with callers. Like ultimately they don't, they may have a gist of what the caller is going to say, but how the hell does Fred have the perfect, time sound effect like three seconds after someone says something cued up man that and i even heard one caller ask him if he uses voice technology i'm even kind of thinking that maybe it's that where he has it where it's set up where it'll be listening and it picks up maybe what 
matches up. Right. He obviously has a computer in front of him and it's pulling up things, but he is so damn quick. And whether he uses technology or not, it's there's a great talent to the timing of it. Right. Um, and really, I mean, it, it adds so much. And they talk a lot about entertaining the, uh, now I'm going to forget it, the, the mind's eye. And it really does kind of put depth into it with the sound effects and uh, Fred just having the perfect noises to play and it really kind of puts you makes you think out the scenes as you're listening to them with the good sound effects and that for sure it's crazy because you, you can almost tell like Howard takes it for granted a little because if if Fred doesn't have a queued up almost immediately with whenever Howard is thinking that he should have one he calls him out and it's like Fred's like god damn it. you know right. like I just I want him to just like totally like real Fred in and be like dude you're awesome like don't, don't, right. don't let this get you down man right. <laughs> you're the best and even once you listen to the show so long and someone says something, you know what's coming and you could just tell Fred's frantically looking frantically for that sound looking. effect and then you just hear it. Who <laughs> <Ooh>, did? <dear. Yeah. laughs> you never know what, but you'll hear that, you'll hear a caller say that and you know he's right. just yeah, he's clicking looking for that as fast Alice. as he can to get to it. <laughs> but yeah, Fred definitely is oh, my Fred. an absolute genius. Even Robin's laughter. I, I've heard clips... Uh, we were talking about this. I've heard clips where something happened with Robin's mic and Howard's making jokes. And they're funny jokes, but Robin, you don't hear Robin's laughter over top. And something about just hearing that laughter over top kind of invites the, the listener to laugh too. For sure. And it adds this whole element too of with Robin laughing and, the, and everyone laughing. Fred's laughing. Benji's laughing. It kind of just, it makes you feel like you're in the room just having fun with these guys. Absolutely, yeah. It's like that ties into just the, the whole collaborative element of the people in the room, which are mainly Howard, Fred, and Robin. That, and Howard has said this many times, like he can't do the show without those two. Right. Right. And, and, and as a listener, I don't think you want to hear the show without the three of them together. Right. You know what I mean? That, that really ties everything in. Right. Robin has that great element of, and she'll, she'll chime in and I've learned to appreciate Robin more and more throughout the year. She's, she's got a really quick wit. And, Robin's and, funny, man. Robin oh, yeah. has fucking cracked me up it. a few times. And she's like, brutal too. Yeah, brutal. She's actually the most brutal. The most brutal. Like <laughs> if she people actually, like, come in mm-hmm. and like she will rip you she down. She rips in a people heartbeat. up. <laughs> you know she rips people up and it actually like kind of like it makes me feel weird. It makes me feel bad. Like it's always whenever like she rips on somebody for being a bad parent. <laughs> and Richard. I get like Richard especially like I can't, like I could. I, for some reason, I just have this image of like Robin doing that to him, and he just goes in the hallway and starts crying. Right. Meanwhile, she does. She's not a parent. She's not a parent. She's gonna rip him like, out. Not, not only so much like Robin's not a parent, so she shouldn't say that. It's like Robin's not a parent, so she doesn't know how that would affect somebody to say that too. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not even like, oh, you don't know it. It's just like, no, you don't know what that does to somebody when you say it. So her saying that to Richard and Richard being a sensitive dude already, right. I could just picture it in my head of him just like going in the hallway and just having a meltdown about right. that not being a good... She but said the beautiful she, thing with Robin is that like she knows that what the Stern show is, that even if someone called her out on that, Richard, oh, Richard's out there crying in the hallway. She'd be like, well, he's not a good parent. What's <laughs> right. crying about? Like, like relentless. No, no yeah. She'll no just, heart. Nope. She'll just keep going. She'll just double down on it, man. <laughs> And you gotta, actually, you gotta love that though because it's like okay, was she back? Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel bad. I feel like. Well, what I was there's there's an old clip of uh, that exact situation where Richard is talking 
And he's like, you know, there's some that Robin sent to me years ago that still bothers me. And she's like, well, what did I say? You said if I died, who would even care? And she's like, that really affected me. And she goes, well, I mean, who would? Oh, man, (laughs) see, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. It makes me feel terrible. (laughs) She did it to uh, a couple, like, there was a... um, there's two guests. One of them thinking it was that Jason Ellis dude. Uh, you know, he's like lived a crazy life, and he but he's talking about how he's a parent. And then she kind of like tears. Oh him. yeah. She rips into him a little bit. She's like, "Well, how can you be a good dad?" And he's like, right. "Well, I am a good dad." You know, right. like and he kind of fights her. And then there's another guest that she did it to too. And uh, I can't think of who it is right now, but but yeah, like that. For some reason, like whenever like she gets into that area, I'm like, whoa. But yeah, right. man, she's relentless. She doesn't give yeah. a shit. Well, she definitely had her era in the middle there where, you know, where she got that reputation of being a queen and, you know, Fred's music that he plays for. You know, it's interesting. She said, uh, she went on like Wendy Williams, I don't know when this was, like 10 years ago now maybe, but like she said, like, that's a character I play on the radio. Do you buy that shit? Or something. Do you buy that? That's her. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, come on. Ultimately, here's what I think of it. Here's my opinion that. Uh, that Howard, Fred, Robin, and Gary, mostly, so the salaries, let me put it this way, with salary, just in doing a little bit of research with this stuff, Howard makes an insane amount of money, he makes more money than God. Mm-hmm. And then Robin makes an insane amount. I'm just completely throwing numbers out there, but I want to say Robin's making like $20 million a year, and then Fred makes like 11 and Gary makes like 8 or mm-hmm. something. All amazing but I think ultimately, she know. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that she knows that she's like. I was about to say the Robin to the Batman. <laughs> Look at you. But she is the co. Like, ultimately, I think that you know, Mamet will come in and talk and shit about ultimately or Sal, anyone that. Ultimately, she knows that she has that like plop her balls out on the table of like motherfucker. I've been here. Right. I've made how many millions of dollars and I'm the second most famous person that came out of the show and right. you're going to fucking kiss the ring. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of that comes from. Yeah, I could see that. But she'll laugh, she'll have a good time, but ultimately if she's tested, you she lets it be known, motherfucker, I'm the queen here. I'm the queen of all media. Terrifies me. <laughs> she terrifies me. Like if I was in that room and she started coming after me, uh, oh, this uh, case in point, that dude uh, who produced her song where she quit. Right. That guy was just like literally shitting his pants <laughs> right. in the room whenever she started going after him about, you know, yeah. uh, how she didn't feel comfortable with the producer session right. when Robin was singing. And I I totally felt that guy's fear because like this guy, <laughs> like he keeps like he was saying it out loud. He's like, I'm terrified right now. I don't know what to do because she's. I don't know. She's right. relentless when she sinks her claws she's in. She's basically man. the she, vice president to yeah, Howard's exactly. presidency. In a lot of ways, she's scarier than Howard. Like I would rather have Howard fucking go nuts on me than like Rob. I'm like I don't right. want Robin's fucking wrath. And ultimately, if you gave Howard a choice that you could only pick one to move forward with, he'd pick Robin every day of the week over Fred over Gary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, without those two, the show doesn't work. Right. Yeah. He's, I mean, she he's adds so many elements. So she's a female in the room. So ultimately, jokes are a little bit more acceptable with a female in the room, or else it's a bunch of guys telling dick jokes. Right. She's a black woman. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it's, you can joke a little bit about it. Right. You know, so it's like, and she's ultimately hilarious. 
and she's is very funny. not like she can talk about any topic without she's clutching not, her pearls. You she's know, not without uptight. Being offended. Yeah, she's not uptight about anything. I mean, I mean, it, this ties into the movie Private Parts, but just how Howard would just go. You know, he started going off into his fucking rants about nonsense. She went along with it as a just a news person, right? You know what I mean? Like she's just good at uh, she, improving, riffing. She's good at it, good at improving, uh, good at riffing. But she's she has a enough self awareness to know, you know what's, what's fun, a bit. what's right. funny, what's a bit, and, and just she's she's with it. She she gets for it. sure. So, and they'll talk about that out loud sometimes. Like someone will try to hash out an idea on the air, or a caller will say, "You know, it's funny," and then they'll kind of break out. Okay, then what? Where do we go with it? What's the end game? And I think Robin has a good sense of that. Right. You know, she knows when to cut a bit, when things have run their course, you know, when to hang up on a caller. And she'll be as brutal with callers, too. Like, yeah. sometimes Howard will be the nice guy. Oh, yeah, guy nobody's safe. Like, yeah, yeah, nobody's right. safe with Robin. Like, she, she'll, she tell, she'll go into Howard. Like, you know, I mean, she's yeah. no one's safe. Howard's scared of her, I'm sure. Yeah. Howard doesn't want to bark up that tree. I love when Howard, uh, she starts doing that to him. And he's like, what's wrong? Get over here. <laughs> Come sit on my lap. Take, Take your shirt off. What's going on over there? What's going on with you today? Um, yeah, I mean, and, and God, I mean, and also she's, she's earned her stripes. You know, she was doing the freaking, the fucking show remote with cancer, for God's sake. She's you want to talk beast. about someone that shows up for work no matter what. Right. Yeah, and even there's something to be said for that. These guys are always on the air. You know, I mean, now they're only on the air three days a week, but shit, that's still 12 hours of content. Yeah, I was going to say, we talk about this, uh, you know, late night TV. Yeah, they do their prep and everything, so they're definitely working more than just their hour or hour and a half, whatever it may be, of TV a night. But Howard's still putting in those hours. It just yeah. Even if it's three days a week that he's actually on the air. It's still 12 hours on the air, plus however many hours, you know, outside of that for preparation and everything like that. So I I, I don't, I, I put it in the term, if you're comparing it to late night TV, which is usually the comparison, which is a very loose comparison. But if you're comparing it to that, it's it's right up there with the amount of work and preparation, if not a little bit more than those, than those yeah. jobs. Yeah, and those guys are always there. Fred, I don't think I've ever heard a show with Fred missing. You yeah. gotta figure these guys get real sick a couple times a year. Right. Flu, whatever. Robin's always there. Robin had fucking cancer for years without even wanting anyone to know. So she was dialing in a remote. That's why it's like that's why it's so much fun to listen to and make fun of Gary for something like missing a show because it's Oh my trampoline <laughs> yeah. might blow right. whenever there is a big storm and it's afraid his trampoline might blow away. So he took off work. Yeah, and I think some guys even that that particular like winter storm or whatever those guys like walk. I think Richard and Chrissy walked or something. And there was like a three hour walk because none, right. none of the trains. But that's another thing you got to give these guys. They are for. I mean, really, we're lucky to have them on there. I mean, it sucks when you go two or God forbid three straight weeks without the show, and it makes it feel like they've been gone forever, but you still got to appreciate like we talked about they've been around for so long and they're still producing 12 hours of content plus a wrap-up show plus the video content you can get on the app i mean to be 
I mean, the guys like the Tom Brady of like to be this successful, but to still be that hungry and that driven. There's something to that as well. Yeah. Do you think he sees himself that way? He's. I feel like if you asked him now, he'd be like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he just kind of just does it because he's doing it now. Do you do you think of him as? You made the Tom Brady comparison, so that's why it's um it's in my head. But it's like, because I think of Tom Brady, I'm like, he, I think of like he's waking up and he's like, I'm gonna win. I don't. Do you think? Because Howard had that for a right. long time, like that. Super I feel competitive. Like super competitive. He it, it consumed him. He was a monster about it, you know, and just becoming number one and just being the best and and yeah. destroying it all anybody in his path. And now I think he's at a place where I mean, not to say he's happy, but he's definitely like at a place where it's like, I think, I don't know. Does he enjoy doing the show now enough to like want to continue on past? you know what the yeah. next contract is like I don't know yeah that's an interesting point I think ultimately I think that anytime you do something for that long you're gonna have your days and he's just speaking out loud of oh fuck I wish I didn't wait I mean he's waking up at what three in the morning right when he, on show days so I'm I definitely think I'm sure when that alarm's going off at three in the morning he's sitting there thinking fuck I'm worth how many hundreds of millions of dollars? I don't want to get out of Man, bed right now. I could just go paint right now, and this would be a lot. But easier. I also think that there's, and, and honestly, in my personal life, I've kind of taken cues and inspirations from Howard's work ethic because he's always made that a point of topic where he always puts an emphasis on working, hard work. He's always asking callers, "What do you do? Where'd you get your? How, how, you know?" He's like. He's interested in successful people, and I think ultimately he still has that old school mentality of you go to work, you get a paycheck. And he's even said, he's like, when I'm getting a paycheck, I feel better than if I'm just collecting royalties, collecting on whatever I'm right. producer, whatever. I think that he still finds value in that showing up, waking up early, going to work, putting in a day's of work. And because obviously the guy could have retired. Right. Many, I mean, decades ago. Yeah, he could have, he could have never worked a day in his life for you know the rest of his life. But yeah, I think there's that drive, and I think when he has you know Paul McCartney and a Ringo Starr, or you know he he's he's has these A list moments or actors or Lady Gaga breaks a confession. I think that kind of makes it like worth it again, or you know like he's still breaking ground, and I think. And I think that the series has re-energized them, that the ability to, you know, that long form, uncensored, that's that's kind of given them a rebirth. I right. Think it re- re-energized them. But even that, I mean, shit, they've been on series for 15 plus years now. And I think that, I don't know, ultimately it's like, it's like when you watch any of these guys, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, I mean, you could easily just be like, I mean, Tom Brady's probably waking up tomorrow morning at five in the morning and working out all day, every day, watching film. The guy's got six Super Bowls. Same thing with Howard. It's like, ultimately, it takes that. I don't know. These guys just have a, that something special. That's right. how you get to that level of the king of all media. I mean, the guy's like the tenth. He's like in the top ten most paid entertainers of all entertainers. Musicians, comedians. Yeah, he's, he's and he doesn't dead. talk about that. None of them talk about how much money they make because right. they want to be the everyday guy. Sure, 
you know, no truck driver wants to hear about Howard making 150 million a year. Right. But he's still making that, and he's still driven to. How do I make each? Yeah, bit he's still better? working. You know, that's yeah, each like, bit even he wants to be better. Right. Or let's kill this bit. Or this never should have made it out of the writer's room. He said something interesting. He still cares. Uh, the last break that they took, where it's like, I can't remember the story. Maybe it was the Robert Kraft story, but something a story broke, and he was like, "Man, I, I wish we weren't on vacation right now because I wanted to get on the air." And right. like, that was the first time I actually heard them say that. Because he usually talks about he's like, oh, I didn't want to come back to work. Right. Oh, I love this vacation. He goes down to Florida. I went to Florida. Or I just I sat in the room and I painted for whatever. He's like, but this I heard him say it, and I was like, and that kind of sparked. I was like, oh, maybe he does have a little bit of fire under his ass to like, because he, he still has something to say. You know right. what I mean? And that's what it comes down to. Like he still has a point of view that is shared by a lot of people, but he can present it in such a way that only he can. And that's what people respond to, and and he still knows that, and he and he has something to say. And so when something happens, a news story breaks, it's going to be hard for him to not want to, you know, voice that uh, in the medium that he has. And I don't think there's any other medium that he can do. You know, he's not going to code in Twitter. You know, he's radio is his medium. So going, uh, you know. Back to work is the only way that, you know, is going to make Howard Howard. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think that exactly what you touched on. He's going to need his point of view on things. And that's what we love about the show. We love to, what, what's Howard think about the Grammys? What's Howard think about the Super Bowl? I you find know, myself like hearing a, his perspective is right. hilarious. I agree with most of his point of views. And I think that's maybe that's why I love the show, much, show so much is because I just... I don't know. He has like a very just common sense way of thinking about things, even like and thinking things are stupid and dumb. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, no, there's a lot of things I don't agree with Howard on for sure. But for the most part, like it just I, he'll say something, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, and that's kind of why I think the show is so great. And I, I don't know, that's why people listen to him. But it's great satire. Yeah, yeah, he has great points of views that, and ultimately, I think about the world without Howard and. I don't know if there's anyone else out there doing that. That's kind of. I mean, you have your daily shows and things like that that um, kind of take their comedic stance on the topic of the day. But ultimately, he's kind of that anti-entertainment industry of making fun of the formulas of like Miss America contest or American Idol or whatever and just kind of being that guy or else it's all just a bunch of people that are plugging that are sponsored by whoever that aren't going to be saying too many things out of line that right are gonna, you know you're not going to watch jimmy fallon show and it's gonna he's not gonna like make fun of the guest or riff right. on or make fun of an a-list actor that's in the news because you know they probably have relationships with them or they want him as a guest in the future so it almost kind of sucks that once Howard's gone, you know, it, he is that voice that something happens and he's the one calling out the bullshit of it. You know, is that whole no more bullshit was their logo when they came over to Sirius? Yeah, no it's more like, bullshit. Yeah, it's, there's some truth to that where who else is doing that that's kind of calling everything from face value that isn't sponsored by something or doesn't share an agent with the person talking. It's like... And I know Howard has his own agendas too, and and 
longtime fans of the show will criticize him of being more PC with his messaging, but ultimately he is that person that's going to give that like contrarian view on Do things. You, like, like you touched on, like the uh, a long term, a long time listener of the show would kind of say like, "Well, he's so he's changed so much now. Look how PC he is. He won't even say the word, you know." Uh, I don't retard. know. Yeah, retard. Yeah, retard. Yeah, or the word faggot, which you know he he totally oh. swears that he will not use it anymore. So, and it's like, okay, well, to those people, I want to say like, all right, what? Like, what do you want? Like, this guy's like in his sixties now. Like, do you like still like like what kind of like do you not expect to grow or or change as a per? Like, what kind of person would you want just like to be the same? flat line for like the next 40 years or like I, I don't yeah. get it I don't get what they would want because any it goes back to what we were talking about before he's a little less aggressive um you know he used to be he used to actually like set out and attack people you know he went yeah. after I miss he went after uh Mark and Brian um Opie and Anthony you know he create these little wars even if they were fake or not but now he's uh and maybe people people sense that they like that venom. There's a little less less venom with the show now. Sure, um, a little less like, aggressiveness. But wouldn't it be inauthentic to you know to make up some sort of you know uh, conflict or have venom towards something or somebody if it wasn't authentic? You know, like right. I mean, why why yeah. would you want like I mean, maybe this stage of his I life? Be- I, I I believe that he's doing what feels authentic to him at the moment, which I think any artist really does. I mean, if you listen to any musician, like, the, you know, you see uh, whoever, uh, Steven Tyler just going to do a country album or something like that. Do you think, like, he, like it was, like, a calculated, like, hey, you know what, I'm going to do this for my career? It's like, no, it's like, you know what, I felt like going and doing a fucking country album. You right. know what I mean? Like, because that's what's authentic to him right now. And I feel like Howard is in that same artist uh, type of you know mindset where it's like I'm gonna do what's authentic to me right now, and yeah. I don't know I don't get how people don't see that and they like but they still want him to be a, the the vision that they want him to right. be. In. I think people want Howard to be exactly what you were saying. I think they want Howard to be the version that they fell in love with. So you know Howard's not always gonna be the K Rock Howard. He's not always gonna be the E Show Howard. Even when they first came to Sirius, it was a totally different show. You know, they mm-hmm. had the Sibian, and they were right. He talks know, they, about that. He talks about how they tried to like you know go and do that again, and he's like, you know what? Now that we can do it, it's like it's not that interesting to me anymore. Right. All these things we couldn't talk about now we can talk about, and it's like, yeah, yeah. And I think they went nuts for a couple of years on the whole. You know, they had Howard TV, they had Sirius, they you know the Sibians. They were doing like um. You know, like stripper, put them in clown makeup, basically humiliating people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, a little more edgy, uh, a little more talk with like retarded people or right. uh, the KKK guy, Daniel Carver, and th- they set up these scenarios of conflict where they've had they had like their own version of Celebrity Jeopardy. Right. Where they have King of All Blacks next to Daniel Carver, next to like. You know, Wendy the retard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they definitely had a little more edge to it slow back adult, in the day. Daniel. That's right. Strong well, now dude. now it's slow adult. <laughs> dare See, you. that's the thing. Now it's slow adult <laughs> at the time. So, and and maybe that's our culture evolving too. It's, but critics now would say that 
fuck what the culture is. The reason that Howard is Howard is that he doesn't adhere to retard isn't a cool word now. You know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Do you subscribe to that? I really don't. Like, I'm like... Eh, I can I, see some of it. I can see some of it, but, like, okay, for that one, for instance, the, the word, you know, if we're getting into, like, the political aspect, like, the word retard, the word... Like, I'm I'm fine not using those words if that offends that many. Like, I, I don't want to... You know, I'm not touching that. I, I, I'm not right. in that... Like, I'd rather just... Because it's the word, and it's the... It's not that Howard just totally cut off Gary the Conqueror, cut off Wendy the Slow Adult, and didn't, like use them in the show he still used them in the show he just changed the name so if people really were that offended like all he did was change the name to you know to appease the people that it actually offended but he still uses them in the show the exact same way you know he was using them in the show yeah. prior you know what I mean so the show really hasn't changed it's just the name so if people were that upset like, I don't get it but I think the counter argument to that is that even what you said about well he changed the name because society doesn't that goes against what the Stern okay. show is to those people. It's not about let's change the name because society says to change the name. You know, the Stern show for a long time was the fuck you to society norms. Right. You know, I mean, it's never really been a norm to call someone a retard on uh, yeah. national radio. Sure. Like, even when he was doing it, I don't think that that was cool. Right. But. Again, he's an older statesman now, and maybe he's kind of appeasing to a larger audience. But I can I can understand the argument where that's to a lot of people that's what made the Stern Show, and then it's not giving a fuck what the culture norm is. And I I get that, but again, my I just revert back to like I think that what made the Stern Show the way it is is Howard just being authentic to who he is and his point of view, and I don't think that that has changed. I don't think that he's changed. You know, I think I think he's changed, but I don't think that it's. I think that the he stayed authentic to who he is. I don't think that he's changed. You know, he's like, oh well, I really want to do this, but I'm not going to because it's going to offend a bunch of people. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that he genuinely in, in his heart he doesn't want to. He doesn't want anymore. to do that. So that's right. why it makes it okay, and that's what you know, and that's why it, it seems. Uh, you know, still in line with the show's, you know. Uh, world, does that make sense? Yeah, because I think that that's what that that's what really it comes down to is Howard just being authentic to himself and, and his point of view, and that's what we responded to, you know, in the eighties and nineties and, and up till serious, and it changed, but I don't think you know it necessarily changed in the sense that you know Howard went against what he was actually feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean he's he's in his sixties. And his sense of humor is changing. And it's still a funny sense of humor. The show, and this, the show still has his edginess to it. You know, Richard Christie's still trying to blow whatever. Jesus. How about I blow the loser of the competition? It, it, <laughs> the funniest thing about that whole thing is how funny he thinks it is to be gay. Like the, the, every bit turns into every what bit if turns. I lick his asshole <laughs> if he loses. <laughs> Well, I thought it would be funny if I just started stroking his cock right in the middle of the bit. It's like, what? Why? Where did that come from, dude? About the loser blows the winner. <laughs> but yeah, but the winner doesn't want to be blown by yeah. you, Richard. Oh, it's the, and then like and they're like, why is it? Because I think it'd be funny. <laughs> why is that funny? Oh, uh, you cracked. Yeah, it reminds me of like all like I don't know. I 
I wrestled for a little bit in in like uh, before I got to high school, and then when I got into high school, like all those wrestlers would do that shit. I don't know if like you ever like that was like a wrestler. Like, <laughs> they'd he, blow each other. Yeah, they'd all blow each other. It was this weird thing. I went to a really weird high school. Uh, no, but like they would like do weird shit. Like they would have like weird hazing shit, and like they would like we would hear these fucking weird stories. Like, uh, do you ever have locker that? Like, room talk? Yeah, locker room talk. But like they would do weird <laughs> fucking shit. Donald. and and like they would and I would, like we would, you know me and my buddies who play football would be like why. Why would you do that? And they would think that it was funny. And Richard just kind of reminds me of that, but just taking it to a whole another level. And he's also in his 40s, and it's not funny anymore. And a father. And a father. Uh, according to Robin, not so much. But, <laughs> but with that being said, we should probably wrap this one up, huh? I'm getting yeah, tired. Absolutely. Well, we'll be coming to you with many more topics about all things revolving around the king of all media. So stick around for the Hey Now Hard podcast, the first and only fan podcast coming to you from Hollywood, California. Absolutely. My name is Tyler Cortez. Daniel Coyne. Signing off for now. We'll be back with more soon. Hit it with the high. This is <laughs> Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The hour and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.